This show is sponsored by Alicia's Pillows and Things. Check out the Facebook page, Alicia's Pillows and Things, where you will find home decor you will not be able to resist at prices anybody can afford. Check out the pillows and stools of your favorite sports teams. Maybe you want a set of your kid's favorite cartoon or movie character. You can also get full body and neck pillows as well. Log on to NGSCSports.com and go to the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage to complete your order. It makes a great gift for Christmas at an affordable price. NGSC Sports. We never stop. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. I'm probably cutting all of that from this edition of the Foreign Affair Podcast. Oh, the Foreign Affair Podcast, also known as Porn Weekly. There you go. Um, welcome to the Foreign Affair Podcast. I am Edward Green, joined <laughs> as always by my call and cry, Wes Bradshaw, as uh, we are, you know, just it's a normal Wednesday night for us, really, um, bringing you the latest in Premier League football action, which was, you know, basically kind of like porn. Um, so what are we doing? Watching, watching baseball and reviewing early 2000s pornography. I mean, that's really what what a show. It's really what this podcast was founded on. If we're, if we're being completely honest. Um, but we won't be talking too much about that. Um, we will be talking about the premier league week in review, the champions league week in review, uh, hit a little bit of news and notes. And then of course the watch for, and so raw, very, very somber. So raw this week, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's story storyline in real life. I'm not even going to touch storyline this week. I just I think the real life situation deserves its own little yeah. talk. So yeah, that's we'll get back storyline maybe next week. Absolutely. Well, uh, as always, the podcast is presented by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop, as well as Alicia's Pillows and Things. Uh, if you need an Ottoman or a pillow that is uh, emblazoned with your favorite team's logo, check out uh, her Facebook page at Alicia's Pillows and Things. Go check that out uh, mm-hmm. on the, the Facebooks. Um, so that's gonna kick us off here for the start of this podcast as we head into the Premier League. I need to go live on this video. Why does this keep like going backwards? That's weird. Um, that's that's baseball, that's that's not even soccer though. Um, so as we start with the Premier League week in review recap, uh, first for the matches we're not really gonna discuss, uh, Newcastle season uh, just keeps getting worse. Uh, they lose at home at St. James Park to Brighton and Hove on a 29th minute goal from Burham KL. Uh, just a tough loss for them. Newcastle created a lot of chances for themselves and just could not convert. Um, tough, tough break for for Newcastle there as they are unable to get 
any sort of result against Brighton. Uh, Watford goes to Wolves and gets a 2-0 win. Uh, great goals just minutes apart from Etienne Capu and Roberto Pereira. Um, great goals from them early on in the match is what seals their victory. Uh, Cardiff gets their first win of the season. They are off the schneid with a 4-2 win over Fulham. Uh, big goals in that one um, for Cardiff, but none maybe bigger than one of them for Fulham. Uh, as the, in the 34th minute, Ryan Sessegnon became the first player born after the year 2000 to score in the Premier League. Uh, obviously a very sought after player in the off season, especially, you know, if Fulham had not come up from the champions from the championship. Uh, but Sessegnon, a very great young player, uh, and showing off with his first goal in the Premier League. Uh, Bournemouth and Southampton played to a nil-nil draw. That happened. Uh, Everton uh, needed two late goals to beat Crystal Palace 2-0 at home. Uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Sink Tosan uh, praised the sun with his goal in the 89th minute, just two minutes after Calvert-Lewin's, as they uh, took a big three points against other mid-table team Palace. And then finally on Monday Night Football and NBC Sports, uh, Arsenal overcame an early own goal from Hector Bellerin against Leicester to score three more of their own, uh, a goal from Mesut Ozil right before halftime, and then Aubameyang with a three-minute brace in the second half gets Arsenal their 10th win in a row in all competitions. Um, so, Wes, let's actually start with that one. I, although I don't know how much we else we have to add, but it's like every time we talk about Arsenal, it's like, yeah, they're really good. And they're playing really well. But it's, you know, what happens when they actually play a good team again? Hmm. Well, they'll find out soon. But, um, yeah. you know, all you can, I mean, all you can really say right now for Arsenal is everybody in front of them, they're doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah. So, I mean, good, good for them on that deal. Um, a, a huge amount of publicity is being made because um, Arsenal's highest paid player, their most decorated player, Mesut Ozil, apparently decided that he wanted to play this week. Mm-hmm. He and did. went out and did really good, which, you know, I feel that Arsenal fans should be able to expect every week from a guy who makes 300,000 pounds a week. What? That's crazy talk. Uh, but, you know, basically he has a good game and everybody's slobbering. Oh, oh see how good we told you how good Mesut Ozil was. Well, the thing is, and I think even on this show, we can we can admit we never said Mesut Ozil wasn't a good player. Oh, absolutely. I mean, as far as skill and talent-wise, I mean, he's absolutely elite. It's just he's lazy, he's moody, he won't play defense. And, uh, I mean, he he never – he doesn't elevate in a big game. But, okay, cool. Hey, you did good against Leicester. Good for you. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's yeah. that's important. I mean, it wasn't – we did kind of say last week this could be a big challenge – not a big challenge, but a challenging step for them. Uh, Leicester yeah. has been proven to be pretty good so far in this Premier League, and it is a, maybe a little bit of a step up in some of the competition they've played. Um, I also do want to direct people to an article uh, at statsbomb.com, uh, which takes a look at uh, some of Arsenal's uh, more advanced metrics so far this season. Um, stuff like expected goals per game, expected goals per shot. Um, 
there are some stats that uh, Arsenal are severely outperforming their metrics in. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of like it, to if if to since we are watching baseball to use a baseball analogy, it would be like a guy who has like a four thirty batting average on balls in play, like. That's unsustainable. You can't do that for an entire season. It's it's eventually going to regress to the main. And that's really where they are right now. Um, right now, uh, Arsenal's expected goal difference this uh, in the Premier League is right around zero. Their actual goal difference through eight matches is plus nine. So they're outperforming their expected goals by roughly nine, which in a lot of their games has been the difference between a win and a loss, especially with as many times as they've gone to the lead tied or or, sorry, gone into the half tied and without a lead. So, I mean, that's a, that's a really big thing that could become semi unsustainable. And it's also probably part due to the, uh, the talent on the other side of the ball, uh, when they've taken the field lately. So again, we do know, we mentioned this last week and we'll just go over it again real quick their upcoming schedule when things will start to get a little more tough they do have palace this coming weekend uh but after that it's liverpool wolves at bournemouth tottenham and united uh would be their next five in the premier league so that is going to be a big wake-up call for them uh let's head back now to uh the rest of this week's matches uh as we take a look at uh, Manchester City beating Burnley 5-0. Uh, I mean, Aguero, Silva, Fernandinho, Mares, and Sané all on the score sheet for the Citizens. Um, and and West, it, it is kind of interesting. I mean, this team still level on points for first place this year. Does it almost seem like we're being really quiet, though, about City? Like, I don't hear much talk about them right now. Well, I think the biggest reason is, you know, it, it's expected. Here's the thing. It, it, City right now are expected to be where they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a team. They certainly didn't get worse. No. They added a 60 million pound attacker, you know. Um, so I, I'm not going to take anything away from what City's doing, but I think right now, and it was, you know, it was kind of, reiterated and pointed out this this past week you know when yeah okay hey we're still at the top of the heap in England and Pep made the comment that paraphrasing you know I, I don't think this is a Champions League winning side hmm. um, you know right now and another way I heard it put and I think, I think this is correct you know the Sheik when when Abu Dhabi when they bought City, yeah, you know it's been nice to win the league, mm-hmm. and now they've set the league point record, and now they're you know they're considered the big dog in England right now. That's great. They didn't buy City to win England, right? I mean, uh, yes, that's that is a great accomplishment, and not that no one gave a crap when they did that. But in the long run, they bought City to turn them into because they wanted to put themselves in that worldwide, you know, caliber of clubs with Real Madrid and Barcelona and at the time Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's the that's the room that City want to be in right now. 
Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can almost say that some city fans are spoiled. I wouldn't call them long-term diehard city fans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, those, those guys who've been city fans for 30, 40 years, I mean, they're just, they're living the life right now and they know it and they appreciate it. Sure. But I, I just, um, I think we're not hearing, we're just not hearing that much city talk all the time. Mm-hmm. Just because I think, They've been there. They've done that. They've set the record. And now, almost more important is now what they can do in Europe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's about where, right. I, I, where I, where yeah. you've got, you know, you've got Chelsea, who we'll talk about, who are exceeding expectations. Mm-hmm. You've got Arsenal, who are exceeding expectations. You've got Liverpool, who are maybe living up to expectations, but also you've got a rabid fan base that hasn't won a league in nearly 30 years. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, you know, right now winning the league for Liverpool is maybe the most important of all things for them. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're getting a lot of talk. Um, you know, City are kind of just, I mean, they're the big dog who's just kind of sitting at the top right now. Like, all right, well, you know, we know what we're going to do and you know what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. It's up to one of y'all to decide if you want to give us a run at it. That's fair. I, so I think that's I just, exactly right. Yeah, I just think that's why they're not being spotlighted quite as much, you know, because they're not quite on the pace of last season. Even mm-hmm. though they actually might be, I don't, I don't know. But you know, they, they're not. They well, here's something: they haven't run away with the league already, like they had sure. this time last year. Right. You know, there's there's more praise to go around because other teams are actually making it something this year. Let's see, real quick. Uh, all right, so. Uh, it might be on the same page. Let's, I really let's, I, I'm very curious, actually. 2.555 times 38. Okay, they would be, if they stayed at this points per game pace, they would finish uh, at 97. Which is off last year. Yes. So. Oh, God. Three points dropped this year after last year. What's Seriously. wrong with you people? <laughs> And, but you know, I mean, at the end of the year, we'll just have to see what happens. You know, they will talk Champions League later and they look like they've righted themselves in Champions League. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's, if that's the most important thing, then, you know, you've got to feel that that's, that's where the, that's the basket they're going to really put their eggs in going forward this year. Cause mm-hmm. once again, Pep, hey, just like at Bayern Munich. When Pep Guardiola came in, winning the league was like, okay, well, that's just a yearly expectation now. Right. You know, if you don't win Europe, this hasn't been, you know, this ain't what we hired you for. You know, Mm -hmm. hey, we won the league under um, Roberto Mancini, and we won the league under um, uh, Pellegrini. Oh, Pellegrini. Mm -hmm. You know, congratulations. You can win the league just like those guys did. We didn't bring you here just to do that. (laughs) So, I mean, I'm sure they loved the championship. The 100 points last year was awesome, something that we may never see again. Um, and that's something nice to put in your hat. But at the same time, yeah, they brought in Pep to win Europe. Absolutely. Um, but, Wes, one of those teams you were talking about uh, was Liverpool uh, coming off. And and, and I, I don't know exactly how to feel about this match as, as from a neutral perspective because we – one of the jokes we made of, you know, when we were coming out of the international break was, you know, Liverpool's going to be super injured, but it's okay because, you know, you know, even though the offense hasn't been great, shouldn't have much trouble against Huddersfield coming up right out of the gate. Um, 
But except for a Mo Salah goal in the 24th minute, which obviously good to see him back on the score sheet, uh, and a few other that, chances. That, that will continue in our Champions League talk. <laughs> right. Um, and a few other chances. Uh, Huddersfield put up a very game fight and had a few little things gone their way in the first half. Maybe the result actually comes out a little bit differently for the Terriers. Um Great fight by them, but just as we've noted all year, not a whole lot of actual finishing power for this side. And that is why they do fall at home 1-0 to Liverpool. So at the end of the day, though, hey, it's another victory for Liverpool. It's another three points. You keep pace with the Premier League leaders. Um, Mm -hmm. As far as points go, it's goal differential. Not so much at the moment. But points is what really matters at the end of the day, and that's fine. Um, but I can't help but you know watch the the highlights and, and rewatching parts of it and go, I, I you know I, I keep expecting Liverpool to hit their final form, and I and my brain's like no trust is there it's gonna hit at some <laughs> point, but it's like okay but but when? Well, and you know once again we'll talk Champions League and maybe that hopefully that's kind of the precursor going forward, right. um, but. You know, you can. Klopp made the comment the other day that this is a dog that's learned a new trick, mm-hmm. and that that was pretty much right on his quote. Um, a season ago, you have all the up in the bullpen. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a season ago, this Liverpool team was wide open, throttle all the way down. They were thrilling to watch. As a neutral, they were the best show on turf because. Bro, they could blow a three-goal lead at any moment. <laughs> That's true. They almost by, did against City God. when they beat him at home. Yeah, and by God, it was fun to watch them get that lead. <laughs> and then by God, they made it fun to lose it. And then the thing with Liverpool, they would lose a three-goal lead and then throw another two in. <laughs> yeah. Um. At that point, Jurgen Klopp, you, you've got to remember, a year ago at this time, Jurgen Klopp did not trust his goalkeepers. Mm-hmm. Um, really did not trust his central defensive pairing. You know, had a kid playing at right back. Hadn't hadn't had Moreno playing at left back. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ, it was terrifying. <laughs> and, and basically, had at that point, at this point last year, had Simone Mignolet playing uh, goalie. Mm-hmm. Liverpool had no choice <laughs> but to put the pedal to the metal and try to outscore people. And yeah, that you know, and that left them a little more open at the back. But then the thing is, it won't like we were stopping people anyway. Yeah. This year, I mean, I, I, uh, through this point of the Premier League, this is the best Liverpool defense ever. Um, I mean, three goals given up now in what nine matches? Uh, let me check real quick. On that. We played nine, right? Let's see. Yes, three, three and nine. Yes, three and nine. Six clean sheets. Um. You know, they've broken the world record in a defensive player basically twice this calendar year. First in Van Dyke, uh, second in Allison at the time. And I think anybody, everybody, their cousin and their mother would tell you that we may have got bargains on both of them mm. <laughs> at the end of the day. For what they have meant, we may have gotten bargains on them. Um, Andy Robertson has, you know, since Robertson has come in, he's developed into one of the top left backs in England. Um, Trent Alexander Arnold is 
you know, really, really good going forward. And there's so much promise for Trent Alexander-Arnold. But, I mean, too, he's a solid defender. And then, you know, right now, from a year ago where, holy shit, I don't trust anyone playing center back for Liverpool. Suddenly, we're looking like, man, we have three really good center defenders. Mm. You know, and I think the biggest thing that happened for Lovren was Van Dyke coming in because suddenly it wasn't all on Lovren anymore. <laughs> and Joe Gomez is just has been a revelation so far. This Liverpool team, yes, at the front, you've still got the three big names, and they're great, and they're poised to explode. Hell, all three of them scored today in the Champions League. Maybe, maybe that gets it going. But I think as, as a team like City, like Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal, United, those teams that are up there, get gone, Mookie. Oh, Mookie just did damage off the wall. Damn it, how did he almost miss? He almost hit that out. And some, okay, he got a double. Here we go, Mookie. Anyway, um, I just think as one of the other top teams in the league, you, you have got to be terrified of what you've seen from Liverpool right now. Mm-hmm. Because the one thing you could always count on was, well, don't worry, they'll give up a bad goal when it matters. Liverpool ain't giving up shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about it, they've given up three goals, and one of them was the ultra fuck up from Allison on the dribbling. Yeah, yeah, against Leicester. He ain't yeah. come close to doing that again. Yeah, <laughs> you know, against Leicester. So other than that, I mean, they've basically given up two goals this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they've beaten PSG at home. Obviously, we'll talk more Champions League later. I know I keep saying that, but I promise we will, folks. Um, I mean, right now, the thing is, if Liverpool start banging in three goals a match, holy shit is all you can say for everyone involved because this doesn't look like the team that's going to have many three threes this year. Mm -hmm. This looks like a team that, you know, there might be a 2-2 sprinkled in there. There may be some 1-1s to come. But I just, I mean, I think this is a team that's going to win a lot of 2 nil matches going forward. And, you know, that that's the thing is, how can you be mad when the thing that we've been throwing a shit brick conniption about for the last decade looks like it's shored up? Mm-hmm. And you know the front three can score. Right. Uh, you know, and, and and today in the Champions League, you know, oh my God, Fabinho suddenly looked like the guy that we thought we bought. So shit, there's another weapon. So, I mean, I'm I'm just um, as a Liverpool fan, I'm just sitting back here. I've got my arms crossed. I've got this little shit-eating grin on my face because every time we win one of these one nils against a low team on the road, you know. We've talked about on here for too long. These are too many of the damn matches that I've sat here and bemoaned mm-hmm. three days afterwards going, God dang it, how the hell do we draw this or how do we lose this on the road? You know? <laughs> so, um, man, it, it, right now Liverpool are in a really good spot when you consider what is potentially still waiting to come. Sure. And, and as you mentioned, we will talk about what's to come in the yeah. Champions League in just a little bit. Two more matches to get through in the Premier League. Uh, one we can get through pretty quick here. Uh, Tottenham versus West Ham. Uh, Tottenham in a London derby goes on the road uh, and beats West Ham 1-0 thanks to mm-hmm. Eric Lamella as he scores uh, against the Hammers. Uh, gets a big goal there. And um, uh, just another... You know, we, we talked a little bit about, you know, 
Liverpool kicking it into gear and finding mm-hmm. that next level eventually at some point in the season. Mm-hmm. I think we could say the same thing about Tottenham to a, to a certain extent. I is like completely agree. I it's it's the weirdest thing. Like and and obviously we'll get to the Champions League disappointment in a little bit. But mm-hmm. we, we look at the table and yes, they're technically in fifth place because of goal difference, but they're level on points mm-hmm. for third. They're mm-hmm. two points back of first place. And I don't think they've played a good 90 minutes of football yet this year. And I think that's one of the most bizarre storylines of the year so far. It's just how how many results Tottenham have been able to get despite not playing good football. And that's that's a, a sort of another team is like they could be great. They There actually mm-hmm. is that potential there. It's just now it becomes a question of can they ever – flip the switch and that's and that's what we have to be looking on now of course you know when we talked about back you know months ago now uh, when we talked about that whole world cup hangover thing mm-hmm. this is about the part where people said it would hurt the most was mid-october mm-hmm. um so right now so if if spurs can sort of weather this storm and as weird as it may seem to be get to december Yes, that is when the mm-hmm. schedule turns to absolute hell. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. about then is when the hangover should be done. If they can get in relatively good shape, this has always already been a team under Maurizio Pochettino who has sort of started taking off right around the turn of the season and hitting really hitting their stride. Mm-hmm. If they can do that, and I'm not convinced they will, but if they can do that, this team... Well, I don't know if they'd be a threat to win the title, could definitely challenge for that, and could play a deciding factor in how the title race goes as we hit the second half of the season. And the thing is, I mean, I think we've said since the start, and I still believe that it's there, you know, Chelsea may have taken some of that thunder, but I always thought the three best teams in the Premier League this year were Liverpool, City, and Tottenham. Mm-hmm. Um the only scary thing for Tottenham is once again, you know, we've hit on it before, not quite the depth maybe that a Liverpool or a city have right now. And that's why I do kind of worry about them come December. Mm-hmm. If they kind of can't snap out of this malaise, not saying that I don't think this is a team that's going to be in danger of missing the champions league. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm not convinced they're going to be able to stay in the title race. Mm-hmm. Even though, as we said, we're going to talk about Champions League. This may be part of the master plan for all I know. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, nobody I want to point out, your best player this season, quietly, of course, this is a team with Harry Kane and Deli Ali and Jan mm-hmm. Vertonghen and, and Christian Eriksen. <laughs> your best player is Eric Lamella. Yeah. Holy hell, that guy. I mean, you I... know, this is Eric Lamella who suddenly, suddenly is becoming the player that Tottenham thought they were buying, what, about four years ago? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, you know, they were looking for goals and assists, and you know what they got was that Argentinian toughness. Mm-hmm. And now they've got that, plus they're getting goals and assists. I think he's seven goals, three assists in all competitions this year. Yes. I mean, that's already 10 goals that Eric Lamella has given you. Mm-hmm. you know, And that has, that has hugely made up for maybe what Kane and Ali – have been lacking this year, you know, and that, like you said, it is scary what they can turn on because they're quote two. I'm not going to say they're the two best players. Cause Erickson's obviously mm-hmm. right in that group, but 
I mean, two of their absolutely top players have not been hitting this year. Mm-hmm. Well, and not just that, but especially Delhi's obviously been hurt for a little while now. Erickson has just come back into the fold, and I think right. this was his first full match today, I believe. I, I, I know he played right. against, I'm pretty sure he played against West Ham. Um, but uh, no, actually, did he come off the bench? He came off the bench. That's what it was. Um, <laughs> but th- so this was his first start back from injury, and and we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but I, I think that's been part of what's been keeping them up there, even though they haven't played their best football is this like, Oh, finally, this is who Eric Lamella was supposed to be the whole time. Yeah. And he's, yeah. and, and granted, he's also dealt with injuries over the course of his Tottenham career. Yeah, I, there was, I think there was a, an entire season he missed one time. So mm-hmm. it's, it's been tough, but now that he's finally doing, I mean, if all of a sudden you can put Harry Kane and then you have Erickson behind him. And now you have basically four options of Lucas Mora, yeah. Deli Ali, Youngman's son, and Eric Lamella. And, yeah. it, and and that's where, at least in that half of the pitch, the the right. depth issues like depth. well, yeah. that's that that's where it comes now. Um, You've got the depth and the quality depth. Yes, absolutely. That's that's the big thing is 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 the rotation can be there because I also do believe next week is League Cup week. Um, so that'll be, that'll be fun. Oh, I'll get a week off then. There you go. <laughs> I <laughs> um, get time off. <laughs> all part of the plan. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree with you. I think Lamella has been a revelation this year and, and has quietly been keeping Tottenham, uh, surging, at least in the Premier League, um, as a guy who's, who's been really able to, to step yeah. up for once a season offensively yeah. as well. And, and I'm going to tell you, as good as Lamella has been, you know who terrifies me on Tottenham right now? Who's that? And I'm not talking about terrifies me as an opponent. No, as an opponent, I'm kind of okay with this. As a fan, what the hell has happened to Hugo Lloris? That's the weird thing. Like, I – well, here's the thing. If we're talking about with West Ham match, played a great well, game against West not Ham. That, not that one so much. But, yeah. I mean, there have just been other ones where, you know mm-hmm. – the goalkeeping's been shoddy. The distribution's been shoddy. Uh, the off-field behavior has unfortunately been a little. I I don't even think he's been that um, bad as a goalie. I th- I think his I think his decision making has been poor. And and here, mm-hmm. but here's the thing about Larice, he's always been prone to this. Mm-hmm. It's just cropped up a lot in in a very short time frame. It has. Um, it I is. I think that's the key. I don't think anything's been wrong. With his actual shot stopping ability, I think his shot stopping ability has still been good. And again, versus West Ham, he was called on a yeah. couple times and made some great saves. Um, I, I think it's you know I mean I got I remember four years ago him in, in a Chelsea match making an absolutely terrible error. Like this is mm-hmm. this is kind of what he does every once in a while. It's like well we're gonna we're gonna roll the twenty sided die and as long as we hit one to seventeen we're fine. But if we hit eighteen mm-hmm. through twenty, well. We're kind of fucked. Yeah. And it seems like lately he's been rolling a lot of 18, 19, and 20s. And yeah. that's that's the bigger issue. Is I, I think he's I think he's been fine elsewhere. I think he's just made a lot of very poor decisions of mm-hmm. when to come for balls and when for not to, as we saw obviously in the Champions League today. Um and as someone who's lived through poor decision making <laughs> as a goalkeeper, you know, the the one thing that could frighten you from that is um to, does your do your defenders start to lose any sort of um 
confidence in him because, uh, hey, once again, as a Liverpool fan, we'll tell you, you know, they start losing confidence in the keeper. Guys start overplaying, trying to keep shots from happening. And that's just something that you hope is not going to befall Spurs. And, you you know, you hope Lloris, and obviously Lloris has all the pedigree in the world at this point. I mean, World mm-hmm. Cup winner. You know, what else you want? World <laughs> Cup winner. Um, so you know it's there. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's almost like he... It's almost like he's just off a little bit right now. Well, and I wonder if it's just because all this decision making, pro, these are where the errors are coming from. I, mm-hmm. I wonder if he's just not fully back mentally yet, um, especially mm-hmm. after what happened uh, with the off the field yeah. incidents that you were referencing. I, I, I just right. wonder if that's really taken a toll on him this year. And so Me I, too. you know, you start to wonder is like, well, is it time for Gazaniga? Like, you, you you hate to say it because again you just said this man three months ago won the World Cup, like, and was a big reason why they won the World Cup even though he had that that's horrible true. error in 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 the final. But you know that's again he rolled <laughs> he one through that. seventeen so much in the World Cup in that few minutes ah roll a nineteen it's fine. So yeah, I mean it's just it's something to it's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely, um, I agree. You know, so you know, Spurs have some questions. Mm-hmm. They got some questions, but I mean, at the same time, this is still a team who, you know, with all the questions, with the issues, mm-hmm. I mean, damn, they're off to their best ever Premier League start. So. Yeah, it's like <laughs> just imagine how they just imagine how one of, if one of the last two years teams was playing this well. I mean, well, I mean, just think about it. You know. Um, you know, uh, Liverpool, where they're just not playing that good. Mm-hmm. You know, Tottenham, well, they're not playing good. Okay, both off to their best ever Premier League yeah. start. So, yeah. Please, uh, please keep telling me how we're not doing things right. I mean, if you just look at the Premier League numbers, if you if you take them combined and just take out the game they played against each other, the, these two teams are 13-2-1 in the Premier yep. League right now. Yep. Like... <laughs> What 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 awful teams! What terrible yeah, terrible weird. teams! Uh, speaking of terrible teams, Wes, one last, one last game we have to talk about is Chelsea versus Manchester United. Um, Chelsea looked to put their former man Jose Mourinho to the screws as Antonio Rudiger, who's now great and deserves a pay raise, um, scored a goal in the twenty first minute for Chelsea um, to really get them started. Um, but in the second half, it sort of became all united. Uh, Anthony Martial with the goal in the 55th minute, and then in the just 18 minutes later, scored what looked to be the match winner for United. Great game for Martial. Uh, unfortunately, it was not enough. As uh, after the second Martial goal, United sat back, invited the pressure, and allowed Chelsea to climb back into the game. And in the 96th minute. Ross Barkley, the hero, he's actually still alive at Chelsea, um, put in a thrice-deflected shot in the box uh, to give Chelsea a point at home. Still haven't lost this year. Uh, And and one of the assistant coaches for Chelsea sent Jose Mourinho into an absolute rager on the sidelines. Um, And I've, I've watched that replay probably about 10 times. I understand what the assistant coach is doing. Still kind of a dick move. Um, but we can talk about that, obviously, as... Uh, as... But that said, I mean, 
you know, look who's complaining. That, that's always the thing with Josie. Is, yeah, is, let's look exactly who's yeah. complaining. So. <laughs> yeah. as, as my mother always said, two wrongs usually make for good television. Um, and this was good theater at Stamford Bridge, West as it ends, 2-2. Uh, so United... I, I don't know how they come out of this feeling. They they go, they scored goals uh, against a, a pretty good defensive team in Chelsea on the road. They they Mourinho let them open it up a little bit until he then reparked the bus with the one goal lead. Um, this this is a game United should have won, and, and so I don't think they can come out of this very happy. Even though at the start of the day, if you tell them they're going to get a point stamp for Bridge probably pretty happy with that result yeah but they need wins true you're right they need wins you know because they're out of the title race oh for sure oh Oh, it's pretty easy on that but Mm -hmm. um at the same time their goal still is to make it back into the champions league Mm -hmm. even though apparently once they get there they're not on the level of teams anymore but anyway (laughs) once again we'll get to that later um I mean, they're seven but, points out of a spot right now. They are. And not only that, everybody else is playing well. Yeah. You know, and they're looking still to put points between them. Mm-hmm. Oh, and don't forget, they still, in the before Christmas, they've still got City. They've still got Liverpool coming. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you still got tops coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I believe they still got Arsenal coming. I believe you're right. So, I mean, there's three of the teams ahead of you who are playing really well, and you still got them to play. Um, it's, it's, it's just another it's just another week of, as the world turns at Man United. Mm-hmm. You know, once again, the Champions League match didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're just they're kind of all over the place. That's the biggest problem. They're just all over the place. You know, guys will have a good game and then disappear. He made a comment today that, you know, they didn't have Fellaini to come on and change the game. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Someone's been listening to Roberto Martinez a little too much. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Yeah, the problem is if that's who you're, uh, you're, you know, uh, modeling after, that's not a good thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just... Two steps forward, two steps back at United. Yeah. That's just how it is right now. And eh, I don't know. There's almost a malaise going around. But that's it. I mean, they're just, you know, Mourinho signed these guys. They just don't seem to be very good. Either that or he just can't coach them. I, I mean, is there any chance? I, we've been saying this for so long. Th- things at least. Even though not the result they wanted, but they've at least seemed to have kind of calmed down from being a three-ring circus to maybe a one-ring circus. You know, just like a little traveling freak show. Is is there a little bit less pressure now on on Mourinho that maybe? Well, you know, (laughs) it might as well be the title of this podcast. We'll get to the Champions League in a minute. Um, Is is there a little less pressure though on Mourinho where as far as his job security? This is just my thought. I think that um, a few weeks ago when everything was going crazy, Mm -hmm. I really think United were weighing up their options at that point. Mm -hmm. And I fully believe, because there were enough enough reports to believe this, 
United have gone out. They've done some diligence on some of the managerial candidates that they would like to bring in. Mm-hmm. And I think at the end of the day, they sat down and they were just like, you know, it's, you know, we're not we're not bringing in anybody who could potentially be better than him. True, I agree with that. And I, so I think, I think as long as things don't devolve into anarchy like they were close to doing. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be okay for the time being. Here we go. Good job, Evaldi. Yeah. Three up, three down, top of the eight. Three um, That's my baby. But um, I, I just, I think that's, I think that's where United is at this point. It's just like, oh my God, let's just, you know, just settle down, try to win some matches. We don't care how you do it. Um, but. I don't know, man. It's, it is a really tough situation right now because this is a team that does not look like they're they're putting all out for the manager. Mm-hmm. But it just looks like United have no other choice right now. They're kind of stuck with him. And part of it is because they did give him that big-ass contract, too. Right. Oh. You know those Glazers don't want to lose any money. No, absolutely not. So very un-American. Um, so we'll... Be keeping tabs on this as as we love to do with United. Big big fans of watching this this soap opera that is Manchester United. Um, and there will be another episode this coming up weekend uh, as we head into the weekend. Big news, everybody! No early game this weekend, so that's that's great. At least not on Saturday. Uh, so at Saturday you have five games at 10 a.m. Uh, including Liverpool versus Cardiff, uh, Southampton versus Newcastle, Watford versus Huddersfield, Fulham versus Bournemouth. Brighton and Hove versus Wolves. At 12.30 p.m., you have Leicester versus West Ham. Great. Uh, at 9.30 on Sunday, you have the choice of Palace versus Arsenal and Burnley versus Chelsea at Turf Moor. And at 12 noon, it's Manchester United versus Everton. And then on Monday Night Football, NBC Sports, Tottenham Hotspur host Manchester City looking to give the citizens their first loss of their Premier League campaign and maybe bounce say, those, those last two games of the weekend obviously we know Tottenham City mm-hmm. that United Everton match could be very very interesting hey right now as we look at the table Everton currently sitting above United right now uh City and Liverpool right now level on 23 points uh City up 10 in goal differential then Chelsea Arsenal and Tottenham all at 21 points in third fourth fifth Bournemouth currently sitting in sixth Watford in 7th, Everton in 8th, Wolves in ninth, and United in 10th place. Seven adrift of a Champions League spot. At the bottom of your heart, the relegation zone. Cardiff currently sitting in 17th thanks to their first one of the season. They're at five points. Currently, thanks to, also to their win, edging out Fulham on goal differential, who sit in 18th place. Huddersfield uh, looking for their first win of the season still. They're on three points, and as well as Newcastle in last place with two points on the by the way really really quick just to throw it out you know liverpool gonna have to be careful with Cardiff this weekend mm-hmm. or throwing up those uh big premier league numbers you know it's only the first time since 1961 that they scored four in the top flight okay hey it could happen twice it's a new dawn for for Cardiff could football they, could they literally put 125 percent more goals than liverpool have given up all season past them why not have well, stranger things i come over the lot Strange. Neil Warnock, that's why not. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? Fair enough. Um, all right, let's head to the Champions League now. 
Uh, we'll run through these results from this past week. Uh, over in Group A, uh, Club Bruges and Monaco played to a 1-1 draw that saw them each pick up their first points in Group A. They still sit And uh, con- congratulations to Thierry Omri. Mm, yes. New manager at uh, Monaco getting mm. his first, I believe, positive result for them. Uh, I need to check on this. Uh, and Well, I don't know if I'm going to or not. Um, so I'm just going to throw <laughs> this out there. I I want to say there's like three teams in the Champions League, Monaco one of them, that maybe like a week or two ago were all in the relegation zone in their respective leagues. I think it was like Monaco, Hoffenheim, and Schalke. I'm were... looking at it right now. Sorry? Uh, Monaco's a 19. There you go. So yeah. Um, yeah, they are de- they are firmly in the. <laughs> so very yeah. interesting to see Champions League teams, especially ones like Monaco, who have been really up there and even popping up a few times over in Lyon, uh, down mm-hmm. in a relegation scrum. How very very Chelsea Josie Mourinho of them. Um, but the big match, the big news, in fact, uh, came out of the Westfal Stadion uh, over in Dortmund as Borussia. Pounded Atletico 4 0. Uh, a goal early from Alex Witzel was the catalyst, but Rafael Guerrero, with a brace in the second half, powered Dortmund to a big win against Atletico that sees them go top of Group A. And uh, Wes, you know, something we haven't talked about a lot this year is other leagues. We've been very focused on the Premier League and have yeah. kind of glanced over things like. Real Madrid being kind of awful, Barcelona not being super great outside of their Champions League games, Bayern Munich not being that good either, and all of a sudden, like Dortmund, top of the Liga in the Bundesliga, and unlike previous years, feels like maybe they have a legit chance to to hold on this time at the top spot. But this is this is a statement win against what is still a good Atletico Madrid team. It is, and real quick, just to hit that on um, Bayern that we we're just talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's talk of them switching managers. Yes, Real Madrid is there. Well, yeah. yeah, they're not in a good way. Uh, I mean, Bayern—they're four out of first round. They're in fourth place. Already two losses in the Bundesliga. So it's something to keep your eye on. But yeah, man, in Spain—I mean, you look at the Spanish uh, hierarchy right now. Mm-hmm. Espanol is in second. <laughs> Which does mean that Catalonia rule the world right now. So, oh my God. Um, Barca, Espanol, Alaves, Sevilla. Then you get to Atletico. What is this? Then Valladolid, Valladolid, and then Real. So it's not even like the Valencias and Villarreal's of the world who are up there. Mm-hmm. No, it's like fucking Espanol, Alaves, and Valladolid. Valla- I don't even know how the hell to say their name. Them. And they're ahead of Real Madrid. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been an interesting season. And really, I know we, we brought up earlier, the World Cup hangover is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it's not just England, you know, and Barca are feeling it. Now, that said, Barca's still up top, but that's just because nobody's really mm-hmm. taking the reins and run. Um, you know, Real's feeling it. I'll I, I tell you, man, I, I'm going to feel bad for Real's manager. <laughs> it's by yeah. yeah. God, think about it. I mean, he basically threw away the Spain job to go to Madrid and might not make it till <laughs> Christmas. Uh, you got you uh, got to believe there's going to be a whole lot of people pulling a Nelson. <laughs> if that happens, though. 
But you know, the thing is, even with that, I mean, they just stopped scoring. Yeah. It went like five matches without a goal mm-hmm. in all comp. That's definitely not very Real Madrid like. Nope. I mean, we keep saying it's a new dawn. I mean, it's this is this is a scary post-apocalyptic. No, Cristiano That's Ronaldo it. walking through That's that door. Said, you go, you go to Syria. You guys right there where they should be. Yeah. Very true. Cristiano, Cristiano, go give him another title. <laughs> Uh, uh, Messi, Messi, of course, out right now with a broken arm. Yeah, he didn't play today. That was awkward. Uh, will not play. I believe this weekend is the first uh, Classico. He's not going to play this weekend mm-hmm. either. Yeah, that's so. That's gonna be a big. They're saying, yeah, they're saying this is kind of like Lopetegui's last stand. If he loses to Barca, he may be gone. By- so he's probably gone. Good, good, <laughs> good to know. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what's going on right now, though, in Group A, uh, Dortmund. Dortmund powering through. Uh, they will be making the return trip to Madrid in a couple weeks' time to see if they can hang on to the top spot in the group that they now have by three points. Uh, as you mentioned, though, Barca, the aforementioned Barca, they also uh, uh, own Group B by three points over Inter after a 2-0 win against them today. Uh, goals from Rafinha and Jordi Alba in that match. And then uh, Tottenham get their first point of the group stage. Could have been three, though. Uh, the Loris error that we mentioned uh, was led to a red card with his team up to one. Uh, that sent him down to them down to ten men in the 87th minute for Eindhoven. Uh, it's one of the Dijons. Luke Dijon uh, scores an equalizer for Eindhoven. Um, so right now, Eindhoven and Tottenham down at the bottom with one point apiece in Terrace six. And Barca, obviously, at nine. Uh, Tottenham needing to get a victory against PSV in the return leg next week uh, to, to get some hope of trying to uh, to advance out of this group now. Um, which, is, I mean, this is really sad because I we, ta- we talked about, you know, Tottenham haven't put together a full 90 yet. Mm-hmm. That was pretty close to a damn good 80, though. Like, that's yeah. that's... The sad part about this whole game is... This is near as peak Tottenham. You know, I, I've thought about banning this phrase forever and ever on this <laughs> podcast. Tottenham could have had five. I mean, that's that's really how well they played. You know, just a few shots, you know, two shots going off the woodwork, you know, multiple block shots, so many shots on target compared to PSV. I mean, this was this was a match that Tottenham could have won going away where that didn't even matter. And I mean completely dominated 71% possession. Yeah, I mean I mean Tottenham played really 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 well. Um mm-hmm. and and that that is the rough part to come out with only a draw, but only a draw they get is uh keeps them at one point now. Um but again, if they can find wins in their next two matches mm-hmm. at home against Eindhoven and against Inter, that at least gets them to 7 points. And then yeah. you can start to dream to get out of the group of death. So, and of course, uh, PSV's first goal coming from Chucky. <laughs> yeah. Chucky Lozano. Sorry, I just like you know I like saying Chucky Lozano. I, I know you like saying Chucky. It's, Chucky, <laughs> it's, especially in a fake Italian accent. No, well, no, it's it's a fake Spanish accent. Ah, yes, yes. my Chucky Lozano. <laughs> Which sounds, yes, the Spanish and the Italians, let's discuss, very close in the languages, right? Yeah. Very close when they try to speak in English. Yeah. Um, 
Going to group C. <laughs> yeah. Uh, finally, finally, we're here, Wes. What a long, strange road it's oh. been. Um, Liverpool the do group, the group of holy crap. Liverpool do pull out that four 0 victory over Red Star uh, with a goal from Firmino and Mane and a brace from Salah with goals six minutes apart. One of them coming from the spot. Um, we'll see if there's any more uh, shady betting going on from the Red Star side. <laughs> um, uh, well, if, if it was, it was how many were going to get beat by this time? <laughs> uh, yeah. But as far as the, the big news um, from this match, uh, yeah. from this group, and it's why this group is now so damn close. And oh, like yeah. The, I believe the closest group we have. Uh, yeah, coming... I mean, it's it's basically, um, it's six, five, and four. Yes, Coming out of yeah. the uh, the first round robin, uh, Group G is a little close, but I don't think it's going to end up being that close. But uh, as for uh, as for Group C, uh, PSG needing a super late Angel Di Maria worldie to uh, to draw at home against Napoli two two. Uh, I mean, this is they're in, they're in trouble. This is a very strong group, and we're seeing it now. Um, that two two though, I mean, it saves PSG's blushes. But right now, they're still in third place in the group. Uh, again, Liverpool now at six. Napoli is at five. PSG at four. Red Star at one. Um, and now now as we start the second round, Robin, I mean, PSG now have to go to Napoli in a couple weeks and, and see if they can get three points to really reassert themselves in this yeah. group. And then, I mean, they... Naples ain't no fun to go play. <laughs> no, it's not. And then after that, of course, later in, in late November, they'll be having to come uh, back to Paris and play Liverpool. So all to play for for PSG in this very, very tough group, Wes. And can I, can I tell you, before I hit that real quick, can I tell you who I really feel bad for right now? Who's that? I feel bad for Arsenal. You know, I feel bad for Arsenal. Why do you feel bad for Arsenal, Wes? Because here they were cruising along to that Europa Championship because, I mean, they've been great <laughs> Europa, don't get me wrong. And now they're about to get... <laughs> they could potentially get Tottenham, Man United, and PSG. <laughs> you know, or some, or some combination of... They're going to get some combination of Liverpool, Napoli, PSG dropping into mm-hmm. Europa. Oh, and not to Holy mention shit. if... Uh, hey, maybe Monaco figures it out. Hey, yeah, maybe Monaco figures it out. And, uh, you know, United, who are obviously just battling just to try to be as good as Valencia at this point. True. Thank you, Josie. Uh, Valencia, by the way, are like in 15th in Spain. Yeah. <laughs> Until Josie shit came. But, um, yeah, Europa's about to get really, really a lot tougher for mm-hmm. for those, uh, for those uh, gunners dreaming of silverware. By the way, the Red Sox just went up 2-0 in the series. Bang, bang. Folks, you know, uh, the guy in South Carolina won $1.6 billion last night. Go ahead and buy your lottery tickets because David Price has now won two playoff games. Hey, Craig Kimbrell's looked pretty good as well. Jesus Christ, he has. Still needs to shave the beard. Anyway, back to uh, yes. to my quick thoughts on Group C. Um, Liverpool, to borrow from your earlier band phrase, Liverpool going to score seven tonight. <laughs> Um, it was a complete domination of uh, of Red Star. But you know what? It was one that they needed because maybe it is the game where things start to click. Uh, the front three all look super dangerous. Mane could have had a brace. Um, Salah gets a brace. Firmino scores a goal. Um, 
now I did not get to see the match today. A, I don't think it was on TV, of course. Yeah. And uh, B, I was in a uh, management training up until after five o'clock today, so I was uh, secretly uh, keeping tabs. But you know, for that I heard today, Fabinho played a great match. Um, Vinaldo played a great match, and Zerdin Shakiri is just when he's in there, he's just pushing them, pushing them, pushing them forward. So, and of course, um, <laughs> so. Uh, one rating I saw, they gave uh, they gave uh, Allison a seven rating on the day, and they say, you know, what I mean, what do you give to a guy who literally shows up and the most uh, that he has to do all day is in warm ups? <laughs> uh, he said the guy said uh, apparently six is kind of like the baseline mm-hmm. when you start doing player ratings. He said, I mean, in actuality, he was a six because he didn't do shit. He said, but just because it was a clean sheet, I'll give him a bonus point and make him a seven. There you go. So, you know, Red Star never threatened at the back, and it was it was just a very easy day for the Reds. PSG have issues. Yeah. We're seeing that. You know, because once again, PSG, just like City, not quite just like City, because at least City, you know, in the Premier League, they should have a race on their hands. Mm-hmm. In Ligue there is no race. Yeah. You know PSG's going to win. And once again, you don't buy Neymar and Mbappe to win France. You know, you you drop basically three hundred million on players, more than that, three hundred million on two players. You drop that to win the Champions League. Yep. And uh, you know, right now, yeah, they ended up in a very tough group. But right now, they're the ones who are finding themselves being completely outplayed by the likes of Liverpool and Napoli. Mm-hmm. And extremely, extremely um, lucky. To walk out of uh, Paris with a point today. Yeah. I mean, again. I mean, that was a hell of a shot from uh, Di Maria. Yeah. Just really good job, United. Match. He can't play, can he? Nope. <laughs> not, mm-hmm. to, not to Louis Van Gaal's army. Um, not to the army. Yeah, it's going to be a tough group going forward. Um, group D is a little close as well, um, but we don't really care about most of these teams, so it's okay. Um, but Porto <laughs> did get a 3 1 win against 10 man locomotive today. Um, as they, as they, uh, I believe, made their way to the top of Group D. Yes, top of Group D with seven points. Um, and then Schalke and Galatasaray drew nil-nil in Istanbul um, to stay up there as well. Uh, so Schalke at Nulfir at five points to Porto seven. Galatasaray at four. So all still well within striking distance. Uh, Lokomotiv right now at zero so they are they're going to need to start scoring points and scoring points fast to stay alive in this group. Um, group E, uh, more or less going to form, I think, at this point. Ajax getting a win over Benfica uh, with a super late winner uh, from Nasser Matsurai. Matsuroi? Sure. Um, he had the late winner there in the 92nd minute. And then Bayern Munich, uh, they finally started scoring goals again. Uh, Lewandowski with a goal there to win 2-0 in Athens. Um, so they are now up to seven points along with uh, Ajax. Uh, Ajax does top the group on head-to-head away goals, however. Uh, but Benfica are only on three points. Athens are at zero. So these look like, Wes, your two teams who are going to be moving on to the knockout stage from Group E. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it doesn't... It just doesn't even look like there's going to be much of a uh, much of a fight there. And Ajax, I mean, who who really expected that? Mm-hmm. 
you know, I mean, we know they've got they've got some good young players, but Benfica, I think, were still favored to be the one to come out of here. But you know, Ajax are doing their jobs, and Bayern just, mm. I mean, bleh. yeah, it's it's not been a good <laughs> good season for them. But yeah, I mean, you look at you know the current squad is basically a who's who of who's going where in a few months and uh even some you know former Premier League players with uh daily blind and Dusan tadic uh but guys like frankie de Jong and um uh there's at least one or two other people who i'm just not seeing uh on this list that are have been coming up in transfer talk um so yes this is a, this is a very good uh team that could end up shocking some people uh, once they hit the knockout stage. Uh, in Group F, uh, Manchester City, West, as you mentioned earlier, did get a big 3-0 victory today at Shakhtar Donetsk. Uh, the dual Silvas with a combined brace uh, from David and Bernard Silva. Uh, Americ Laporte also with a goal in the game for City. Mama Silva's a happy lady. <laughs> and then Hoffenheim and Leon played a hell of a match. 3-3, it ends yeah. in Germany. Um, Leon nearly won the match through uh, Memphis to pay with his goal in the 67th minute. But Joe Linton with the late equalizer in the 92nd minute for Hoffenheim means that they get their second point of the group stage uh, and keeps Leon from jumping up into first place. So now City is in first in the group with six points, Leon with five, Hoffenheim and Shakhtar are at two. But Wes, this was a big win for city and a big draw for them across the uh, the way in germany for them to be able to now sit in first place in the group after that opening loss to leon absolutely um and you know they're they're going to take care of business here in the group stage mm-hmm. um they're doing what they have to do they know this is somewhat of a formality but they need to go in they need to make sure they win the group and then just it's it's really their entire season this year is going to come down to those knockout rounds. Certainly, and uh, you know the, again, City didn't have the best start to the Champions League. As I mentioned, they lost to Leon. They also uh, nearly lost at Hoffenheim. Uh, they gave up a first minute goal and then needed a David Silva 87th minute winner to get the three points in there. Um, Group G, Real Madrid. Uh, they managed to score a few goals in this one. Uh, they beat Victoria Pizan two one. Uh, Marcelo with the eventual winner there, although how long he's going to still be at Real Madrid? Who knows? Um, so they get the win, though, there. Uh, Roma also with a 3-0 win against Mos- CSKA Moscow, uh, and Dzeko with the brace there. So Madrid and Roma atop that group with six points apiece, and Moscow nipping at their heels with four points themselves. And then finally, Wes, in Group H, uh, Juventus with a Palo de Bala goal, at uh, Manchester United get the one nil victory that sees them stay perfect in the group with nine points. Um, young boys, they get their first point of the group stage uh, by drawing Valencia uh, coming back from an early Michi Bachwagel for Valencia. So the group stands Juventus, nine points United four, Valencia two young boys one. So United definitely thanking those young boys for their, contributions to the group stage else they might be in uh third place right now but still united nowhere near safe of getting out of this group especially considering they're gonna have to now go to turin in a few weeks time oh the boys <laughs> um 
Yeah, I mean, Young Boys kind of, you know, <laughs> I mean, they, they kind of took the wind out of the sails of um, of uh, uh, Valencia, who, mm-hmm. you know, saw United lose and had a chance, and then they just kind of shot themselves in the foot. This is kind of the group of shoot yourself in the foot. Yeah, a little bit. So, Except for Juventus. You know, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's good for Juve. Juve is going to be fine. Juve to this group. Um, but, you know, really, and this is what has United fans fired up today, and I can understand it, you know, in the 90s and the 2000s, Manchester United, Juventus was, I mean, that was like European megas. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that was the way it should have been. I mean, they had just wars. And here they are, and here's Mourinho, you know, basically saying, oh, yeah, well, we have no chance to win the group, you know. Um, our biggest competition, obviously, is Valencia. And you're a United fan, like, wait a damn minute, you know, I want to be, I want to be on Juventus's level again. I don't want to be on fucking Valencia's level. They suck. So you know, Mourinho just. And here's the thing: we know Mourinho knows what the hell he's saying. Mm-hmm. And, and that's yeah. just crazy to me that he'd say that. <laughs> you know, just dude, what are you doing? I mean, once again, are you trying to get fired, baby? But I don't know, man. That's it's it's a sad state of affairs right now. You know, I'm a I hate United, so I love it. But oh, of course, sad state of affairs for United fans. What's going on with their club right now? Yeah, absolutely. So that's they're they're gonna have to rebound and rebound fast. They will still have matches against Young Boys and Valencia, and that December twelfth match against Valencia could be just everything for United if they want to make it out of the group stage so Mm -hmm. that is going to do it for our match talk uh let's hit the news and notes with uh with our big story of the week um we've talked a little bit already about uh Bayern Munich's struggles in the league so far this year Uh, we apparently are not the only people to have noticed this Uh, much of the German press apparently has uh (laughs) has apparently also taken notice of it and has uh has has been a little critical critiquer of the team uh and according to one jordan maciel at a uh press conference at Bayern munich featuring president uli hoines uh chief executive carl heinz rumenes uh sporting director hassan salehamadezic and head coach Niko kovac uh he said uh to summarize the press conference so far Bayern's old guard, Noor, Boateng, Ribéry, Robin, Mueller, etc., have achieved so much in their careers. How dare they be criticized by anyone for subpar performances? Um, and according to uh, this tweet from Bayern Fan TV, uh, quoting the club, that they're saying, we will now use legal enforcements against journalists for their fake stories, such as the Taliso injury that you created or the Sancho story. We will not allow fake stories anymore without proof. Sick for them. Um, just, I, 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 I can't understand. We've we've seen so much of this, you know, happen. You know, here in America, unfortunately, um, with non-sporting things, and even to some extent, some sporting things as well, with the all the regional sites we have. Um, but this is this is insane, Wes. This is this is Germans. Germans are a little touchy 
I fe- I feel like we've found that out the last couple months. Germans Germans are a touchy folk. Um, but I mean, and and obviously, you know, you don't want journalists reporting fake stories or, or getting their sources wrong. But to just simply criticize someone if they're playing bad, like Anur or Robin or Ribery, which hey, by the way, with the way Baron's sucking, there's probably a reason that they are, and it's probably fair to criticize them for it. Um. To, to simply say, quote, we at Baron have decided that we will no longer accept this recent kind of media coverage is idiotic at best and just makes what is a very proud and storied organization look incredibly childish. Yeah, I mean, this is stupid, you know. Um, I mean, ba- <clears throat> excuse me, bad press is just part of the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're not playing well, expect to be called out, especially when you're someone like Bayern Munich. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is what happens when you don't play well. You know, people get pissed and people are going to call stuff out. And yeah, it might not all be true, but, you know, just, I mean, you just, they look like overreacting petulant children mm-hmm. is what it is. And it's, I mean, it's ridiculous, but, you know, for us here in America, we just kind of roll our eyes at shit like this. Yeah. Um, but come on, man, just, you know, get a grip. You know, you know who I think should be your new manager, Byron? Who's that? You and Josie Mourinho sound like you'd be perfect oh. together. Oh, oh, you're, oh, don't, don't tease me like that, Wes. I just figured everything out. God, I mean, Woo. who would ever have Josie back more than Byron? Oh, man. That'd be amazing. Oh, the, the stories. Oh, yeah, they'd, be be, they'd be best friends. Oh, he, he might even last three whole years there. Hey, hey it's, he's, he's getting close at United. Don't you worry. I, I have faith he'll make it. Um, yeah, Baron, get your shit together. That's that's frankly unacceptable. <laughs> frankly, Ribery unacceptable, if I may. <laughs> hey. Hey. Yeah. Um, so well, that is going to bring us to the watch for what are you watching in the week that was or, in fact, the week that will be. Oh my goodness! Well, you guys know I'm, I'm, you know, with work and everything between work and God, fall baseball, which is almost over. Thank God. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's gotten cold here. Yeah, we didn't get a fall in North Carolina. It's just like, okay, it's winter now, motherfuckers. Yeah. Enjoy. Shit. <laughs> um, I've kind of got my three or four shows that I kind of try to keep up with on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Um, Seal Team, which yeah. was just. Freaking heartbreaking this past week. Uh, with um, uh, main character Jason Hayes, his wife dying in a car wreck. Oh, God. Wait. Oh, yeah. Wait, his. his... No, on the show. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This was. Oh, well, I said Master Chief Jason Hayes, which, which that's the character's name. Okay. okay. David, Bo- David Borean plays it. Okay. All right. So, yes, when I use, uh, when I use their TV show. <laughs> I mean, the TV <laughs> show was. <laughs> um but just just a real gut wrenching episode. I mean, that really almost you know. I'm sure it had a lot of people actually crying. I was I was getting a little close, but of course we know I'm just a heartless asshole who's all about one person, and that's me. It's true. But, but anyway, um, so that was really good. I told you I think we're getting a little more drama in Seal Team this year, a little more of the at home mm. drama. Mm. Um, but I mean, they really still keep the um, they keep the military action sequences. They keep them tight. 
and keep them tight. So, I mean, I can't complain one bit about SEAL Team. It's been a good show. Um, Mayans, I'm still a few weeks behind on Mayans. But this is just filling it, – it's partially filling that um, uh, Jackson Teller Sons of Anarchy hole in my heart that I've had for like four years now. Mm, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Nothing will ever truly feel Sons of Anarchy because that is – I mean, that's one of my top five favorite shows of all time was Sons of Anarchy. I think we can go there. Oh, I, think we I mean, we there. remember. We we remember the 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 Watch Force dedicated I mean, to the final season here on this podcast. I cried. I laughed. I cringed. <laughs> I cried some more. It was amazing. We still remember um, Marilyn Manson as as one of the best white supremacists ever. Oh God, his his prison rape scenes just matched right up near Rick Fox. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, those were so horribly uncomfortable. <laughs> um, but mine's is I, I like mine so far. You know, I'm, I'm about, I think I'm five out of seven episodes in, so I'm a few weeks behind. But, man, it's it's a cool show. And it's, like I said, just kind of fills that little bit of that void that I now have in my mm-hmm. Um American Horror Story is just taking me on a roller coaster this year. I, I don't know if this isn't going down as my favorite season right now. Hmm. I didn't say it was the best season, but mm-hmm. I, it, I mean, just, my God. Uh, this past week, they revisited Murder, oh. which was season one. And not only did they revisit, you know, you got some of the, you know, the nostalgic, yeah, as we call them in wrestling, the nostalgia pops. Yes. You know, oh, look, it's Hulk Hogan. Oh. Well, not only do they have the nostalgia pops of bringing back people from season mm-hmm. one, they went like so anti-American Horror Story and had happy endings for people. Not everything went to shit. Um, but basically what they did, man, is this is season eight. They wrapped up season one storylines. Hmm. Seven years later, <laughs> um, they wrapped up uh, Dylan McDermott and um, Connie Britton. Both made a return. Hmm. They wrapped up They wrapped up their character story arc. Wow. Um, uh, the Maid. Uh, they wrapped up her story arc. Um, Jessica Lang was back. Oh, oh Jessica Lang was back. Oh my god, I haven't seen Jessica Lang in like three years. Oh, she's she's wonderful. Um, they wrapped up her story arc, and um, and then they wrapped up the uh, Evan Peters Taza Formagi. I can't say her name. You know what I'm talking about? Sure. Yeah. Um, they wrapped up their story arc, hmm. and not only that, we got the insight to the Antichrist that we needed. Nice. Um, it was it was an episode that was uh, very very um, Emma Roberts heavy. Oh, that's good. And all of Emma Roberts. And then the uh, basically they had one of the witches, which was Emma, and one of the war warlocks, which is his name on the show is uh, something Chablay. This dude, his name is Billy Porter, the actor. Mm-hmm. You've probably seen him in a few other things. Now, this guy is like the most fabulous gay man I've ever seen. Mm. And the opening the opening segment of last week was one of the funniest things I've ever seen <laughs> on Horror Story. Um, as Emma Roberts, who, of course, is, you know, this, you know, beautiful white chick, you know, complete bitch on the show. And Billy Porter is a tall, thin, very, very gay black man. <laughs> And they were posing as a married couple. Makes sense. 
because they had they were buying murder house. They were buying the murder house, um, so they could go in and investigate and, and do all the things that happened. And there were about three one-liners that just had me dying. <laughs> And if 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 you can ever just find just the open, it, my, um, and it was just highlighted with, uh, you know, the realtor's like, you know, I have to I have to disclose there there have been a few deaths in the house, and um, Emma Roberts says, yeah yeah, you know, we heard about such and such and such and such. The guy said, yeah, in the last fifteen years there have been thirty six deaths in the house, <laughs> and they're both kind of just staring. And Billy Porter, just in his magnificent uh, voice, says, well, you know, the wife loves a farmhouse kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) And I died. It was like, it was like tension, tension, and he just drops it in the most perfect tone known to man. That's amazing. So, um, yeah, I mean, a horror story. We're we're six episodes in of a 10-episode season, so four left. And it is delivering, and it is building on it. So, um you know, in the past horror story, you know, the last one I really liked was uh, Roanoke Nightmare. Mm-hmm. And you'll remember the first half, I was all in it. Yes, you were. And then it just, like, went to shit. Mm-hmm. I don't think this one's going to shit. I have a lot of faith in Ryan Murphy to see this through. Gotta have faith. Um, and then my other show I watch on a reg is I watch It's Always Sunny every week. <laughs> or sometimes I'll just wait two weeks and just watch two of them at a time. <laughs> I mean, you know, always sunny. It always kind of, you know, they carry over a little bit of like the jokes, mm-hmm. but you know, it's an episode. Obviously, it's a very episode heavy show. You know, mm-hmm. you can you can watch one episode just out of the blue and just die. Right. Oh my god, it's it's always sunny. They're they're too damn much. That shit is so great. <laughs> I have nothing else to say. It's it's that damn great. <laughs> uh, so those are my watches this week. Um, like I said I've got more shit in. I hope to someday soon start the new Magnum PI. I hope oh. it doesn't get canceled before I watch. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, you never know with CBS, but yeah. Uh, anyway, that's that's me. Um, so I have uh one show on the watch for this week. Uh, obviously, I have a couple other ones that are going on like Superstore and Good Place. Uh, but one that that was brought to my attention by a couple people I know who can recommend stuff like this. Uh, it is Gaikotsu Shotenen Honda Son, which Christ. translates into <laughs> Skeleton Bookstore Clerk Honda Son. Uh, it is an anime about a guy that works in a bookstore and helps customers who happens to be a skeleton. And it's not really brought up that he's a skeleton. Just, it's not like a point in the plot. He just, he's a skeleton. So what? It's just who he is. And uh, for anyone... So many, so many virgins in Japan. For anyone who's ever... <laughs> Mm, you, <laughs> you've obviously not seen enough hentai. Um, there's uh, they're not the first. <laughs> that's true. That's <laughs> I saw an article today. I couldn't. I just read the headline, so I don't know if it was real or not. <laughs> an actual call into question of is Japan making more sexy anime to bring up the birth rate? Christ. They, need, they need the birth rate up. It's a good question. Um, but again, if you have ever... So it's not so much about the skeleton man, Honda-san. It is about the the mund- mundanity? Mundaneness? Uh, and, and oddities that can come of just interacting with customers. So if you've ever worked in retail in your life, 
I would suggest checking this out. Very short. Uh, each episode is only about nine minutes long. So def- definitely a short little anime. There's, I believe it's right now, there's two episodes. Um, and you can find them on YouTube. Just just, just search for uh, for the, the, sh- the show. Skeleton Bookstore, Clark Condesan. It's really good. It's a weird <laughs> cast of characters. But again, like, like one wears uh, a, ch- a pumpkin on his head. One has like a face painted like a mime. Um, one has like a knight's helmet on. One just wears a bag over her head. It's fine. Again, none of this is ever brought up. Like like the fact that they wear these things or the fact that this guy's a skeleton. No, it's just no, that's that's who they are. So, so inclusivity is really the point for Honda-san. So, go check that out. Um, of course, it's kind of like you remember Bojack Horseman. I mean, yeah. is it ever really brought up that he was a horse? No. No, it's it's actually just like that. Yeah. Oh Jesus. So, Japanese Bojack Horseman. Not as nihilistic though, which is nice. Um, so I, I have no cute, uh, segue for this one, um, because of the severity of the story. So we are just going to throw it over to, uh, to Wes for so raw. Yeah, it's a, it's a sucky, it's a suck ass so raw this week. Um, and it doesn't even have to do with the storyline. You know, we, we've been bitching a lot lately and that was all kind of overshadowed this week. Uh, you know, a guy who is, I think definitely the word for Roman Reigns is polarizing. Mm-hmm. You you either hate him or you love him. Um, I'm 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 one of the few. I'm this this goes against my um, internet wrestling fandom. <laughs> you know that I'm supposed to hate Roman Reigns. I don't hate Roman. I, I just as you as I've told you forever. I just think they horribly misused Roman. They have him totally yeah. miscast. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know, every now and then you watch a show and you're like, you know, this guy doesn't need to be the hero. You know, he, he what the hell? Um, and that's kind of been my WWE thing with Roman Reigns. So, I mean, everything I've ever heard, he's an awesome guy. And they say, you know, you meet him in public, cool, he's down to earth, really nice guy. You know, we'll sign an autograph. You know, we'll take pictures with your kids. Um, well, it came out this week and Roman Reigns came out and announced that uh, he's had a relapse of leukemia. Mm-hmm that he's actually been, that he's had for, God, 11 years. Which is crazy because 11 years ago, I mean, the guy was playing football. Yeah. <laughs> you know, played for Georgia Tech. Uh, was an all-ACC defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently it's it's kind of made a comeback on him. And um, he's, he's having to step away from the business for the time being for, you know, kind of an, you know, not known how long amount of time. Um, you know, to to concentrate on battling the disease. Mm-hmm. Now, leukemia, cancer in general, you know, this is something as sports fans that we've we've come to look at as, hey man, you know, look, take your time, go do what you've got to do. But you know, hey, we're we we think you can come back. We're looking for you to come back. I mean, to me, one of the most famous, you know, athletes to beat something, you know, you look at John Lester. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, John Lester beat Hodgkin's disease. Mario Lemieux beat Hodgkin's mm-hmm. disease. Um, you know, it, this is one of those things. I, I don't think this is like a death sentence for Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like it is. You know, but he, but you've got to you've got to take the time you need to fight it. You mm-hmm. know, once again, Lester did it. Lemieux did it. Others have done it. Um, Lance Armstrong. I know he's kind of 
you know, on everybody's shit list at the moment. But, you know, I mean, what he did really coming back from that was incredible. Mm-hmm. Just maybe had some chemical help with it. But anyway, um, but yeah, so Roman ended up, uh, he, the Universal Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll tell you, man, Roman Reigns has had kind of some bad luck. Every time he seems to win the championship, he'll hold it for a while. But he, he seems like he's almost snake bitten when he wins it. Yeah. You know, Hey, nobody ever wants to see him win it, but, um, but you know, so I, I don't really have anything snarky to say this week about him. As, you know, all, all we can say here, because, you know, we official campaign years ago, one of our opening things was we're pushing Roman Reigns for SummerSlam. We did. It's true. Yeah. And, and we did that here and on the TV show. You know, that was always our thing. Hey, mm-hmm. we're pushing Roman Reigns for SummerSlam. And we mm-hmm. meant it. We like Roman. So, um, you know, from us here at the Foreign Affair Podcast, if for some reason, you know, Roman, while you're doing your treatment, if you completely run out of things to listen to and happen to listen to us, <laughs> you know, hey, I bitch about your uh, story arcs, but buddy, we are definitely, definitely pulling for it. So, you know, uh, pray to your God, whoever it may be, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, throw one up there for, for the Roman Empire. Yeah. Um, and and I've, I'm hoping to see him back soon, better than ever. Just bring him back as a heel, damn it. <laughs> yeah. So um, we'll, we'll talk a little storyline next week. I'm going to start raw for you next week, and we'll kind of catch up on the storyline and where we are and everything. All right. well, because we, there was, unfortunately, a massive, uh, probably due to Reigns going out, well, say it, they, they kind of broke up the shield again. Yeah. So, you know, of course, you can't have the shield when somebody's out. So And, and I'll tell you, the shield, the shield comeback, you know, for four years, of course, one of our very first shows was The Shield breaking up, mm-hmm. which, as you know, devastated me like few other things in this world have. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I barely came out of my house other than to go to work. I was so devastated that The Shield broke up. And then for four years, they held The Shield reunion, which they should have. And then they bring The Shield back and nearly immediately Dean gets hurt, mm-hmm. which kills The Shield comeback. And then Ambrose comes back and things are going pretty good with the Shield. I mean, the Shield's like the main part of Raw. And now Reigns has this leukemia diagnosis. And oh, man. Yeah, I almost, I almost wonder if trying to get the Shield back together is kind of a little, um, you know, star crossed. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, uh, Ambrose, Ambrose has turned heel, which, I mean, that's awesome. He's going to be an awesome heel. So uh, we'll see what happens going forward. Uh, but uh, there is definitely, you know, one thing people say Reigns takes up so much of the air when it comes to the top card in WWE. Well, he's not going to be there. So, you know, let's see if somebody can step up and, you know, turn themselves into main event with Reigns going. So, anyway, like yeah. I said, a little, a little somber this week. Yeah, absolutely. So, unfortunately, we're going to end on that sort of down note. But, uh, again... Uh, we are presented as a podcast by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop, even if this podcast is about to. Also mm-hmm. by Alicia's Pillows and Things. You can find them as a collective on Facebook uh, as well as us. Um, you can also find us on Twitter. We are at AFA Pod. Wes, you are? 
I'm at West Bradshaw 21. I'm at Edward Green. As I mentioned, you can also find us on Facebook as well as Instagram and YouTube via our parent show, The All New Sports Show. You can also email us at allnewsportshow at gmail.com. Lastly, thanks to our podcast providers, including podbean.com, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Play Music, and the iTunes Music Store. Um, we will be back next week uh, to discuss this week of Premier League action, uh, League Cup results. Um <laughs> We'll we'll talk a little bit more about any more of the news and notes that come out of this week. Hey, maybe we'll even have some job news coming out of Real Madrid after El Clasico this this weekend. So uh, it'll be a big week of soccer action coming at you. And hey, you know, maybe, fingers crossed, we won't have a Game 7 interrupting us next week. It's happened a few times, but yes. hopefully, hopefully Boston but, just goes ahead and closes it out. So yeah, the, the way this is going, maybe we... fingers crossed um so that's gonna do it though for episode 233 but before we get out of here wes is there anything else you'd like to add uh we are uh definitely in the nitty-gritty cool football season um this week it's been moved up a day because how dare they decide to try to play a football game in the rain in north carolina uh rocky mountain southern nash is our game of the week on uh on tv and also uh Maybe due to the earlier hurricane canceling Rocky Mount's game with uh, Havelock and canceling uh, Southern Nash's game with Wake Forest, we have two undefeated teams this late in the year mm, going yeah. heads up with each other. So uh, the Big East title's on the line, and uh, potentially a number one or a, you know a, a a very high top seed in the three A playoffs is mm. on the line as well. So and of course just county bragging rights. I mean it's Rocky Mount Southern, so. Oh, yeah. uh, I'll be there. I'll be there as an impartial. <laughs> I can't even talk about. They already know I'm pulling for. So. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it could be a very interesting football game, for Yeah, somebody somebody's gonna take the L. Griffins. There you go. Um, so yeah, that's what's going on there. So again, check him out at uh, at West Bradshaw twenty one. Um, he might post or he might not. I don't know. We'll see. I don't want to put I'll him try, on the spot I'll to try do it. Some stuff. There you go. Uh, and also check out the uh, at all new sports show Twitter for more, more about that sort of thing. Um, but for my call in crime, Wes Bradshaw, I am Edward Green. Thank you so much for joining us here on the A Foreign Affair podcast. Until next week, everyone, please stay safe and enjoy the football. And uh, good night to our friends in Manchester. Mm. The blue side, you guys are sleeping good. The red side, you guys haven't slept in months. <laughs> it's true. Jesus. Uh, Go get them, Josie. Go get them, Josie. This show is sponsored by Alicia's Pillows and Things. Check out the Facebook page, Alicia's Pillows and Things, where you will find home decor you will not be able to resist at prices anybody can afford. Check out the pillows and stools of your favorite sports teams. Maybe you want a set of your kid's favorite cartoon or movie character. You can also get full body and neck pillows as well. Log on to NGSCSports.com and go to the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage to complete your order. It makes a great gift for Christmas at an affordable price. NGSC Sports. We never stop. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio.
Hear us live on NGSCSports.com, where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop.